Good morning. Happy Sabbath. I've seen that a couple times, and every time I see it, it, it makes me weep. Just, uh, just thinking and believing that our God is so personal, and He wants to be that personal in our lives. How do you view your God? Is He patient? Is He full of wrath? Kind, forgiving. The one true God is all these things. The wrath part, you bet. In the Old Testament, it was to punish evil. The pagan beliefs and actions, even punishing the Israelites when they went their own way. All for the purpose of bringing them back into fellowship with him. The heart cry of God is expressed throughout the Old Testament. The essence of the New Testament is the same. We're sending Jesus to be with us, Emmanuel. Jesus said the greatest commandment of law is to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. In the New Testament, he sent his son Jesus, his only begotten son, to die for us so that we may live, again, to bring us back into fellowship with him. And he's still doing so by pursuing our hearts every day. A certain medieval monk announced he would be preaching on the love of God as the shadows fell and the light ceased to come in through the cathedral windows. Their congregation gathered. In the darkness of the altar, the monk lit a candle and carried it to the crucifix. First of all, he illumined the crown of thorns. Next, the two wounded hands. Then the marks of the spear wound in his side. In the hush that fell, he blew out the candle and left the chancel. There was nothing left to say. So what does a cross really mean? I struggled this for a long time, and uh, and I'm actually ashamed to admit I really couldn't figure out for years and years. I couldn't figure out what the big deal was. Why did God, why did Christ have to die on the cross? You know that he could have brought himself down from the cross and never died, right? But he didn't, so why? In Old Testament times, the animals were brought forth to be sacrificed and toned, uh, compensated, and made amends for the people's sins. And then by God's plan, Jesus came and took the place of the sacrifices, thus the Lamb of God. He was the ultimate sacrifice. We could not have had our sins forgiven on our own. We needed Jesus. Thus, we would have died and never ever to rise up eternally to heaven if he did not die here on earth in our place. He was perfect. He sinned not, but died so as sinners could live up in heaven with God in him. He had the capacity to sin. He experienced all that we do. He experienced all the temptation that we have. He was truly man and truly God, and because of that, he knows and understands our sorrows, our loneliness, our desperation, and the temptations that overrule us. But he overcame not from his own power, but by the power and relationship he has with God. To save us, yes, he had to die. All our tones, our, all our sins had to be atoned for so that we could live free of despair and death. But none of this will mean anything to us 
or pierce our hearts unless we're fully consecrated to him. Unless we come to know him, we come to know him, we love him. We can't help it. When we come to know him, we love him. When we love him, we come to trust him. And because of that love and trust, we come to want to obey him. There just isn't any other path to do so. We want to. We desperately want to obey him because we want to please him. We don't want to let him down. He took beating. He took whipping, spitting, insults, and betrayal. All our sins upon him and died a cruel, horrible death on the cross because of the love he has for us. And today he continues to pursue us in that loving relationship with him to continue saving us from ourselves. What more can he do that he hasn't already done? No matter what your circumstances are, God's love will never change. The cross, the death of Jesus Christ, and his resurrection are God's final, complete expression that he loves you. Don't ever allow your heart to question his love. Allow your desire, though, to know him and experience him. He loves you. He created you for a love relationship, and he has been pursuing you in that relationship since the second you were born. Every encounter he has with you is an expression of his love for you. God would cease to be God if he expressed himself in any other way than perfect love. From the forward and desire of ages, that was uh, downloaded uh, for me, is said this. In the hearts of man, there are inexpressible longings that they do now express and possess. This longing implanted by God into the very constitution of man that he would not be satisfied by his present conditions or attainments, whether good or bad or better. God desires for the human to seek the best and to find it to the internal blessings of his soul. But Satan, by scheming deception and craft, has perverted those longings of the human heart. He makes men believe that this desire may be satisfied by worldly pleasures, by power, by ease, by fame. Those that have been deceived by him, and they number myriads, find all these things fall upon the senses and leaves the soul barren and unsatisfied as before. It's God's design that these longings of the human heart shall lead you to the one who alone is able to satisfy it. The desire of him is that it may lead to him. The fullness and fulfillment of that desire, that fullness is found only in Jesus Christ, Son of the eternal God. For it was the good pleasure of the Father that in him dwells all the fullness that in him we are made full in respect to every desire. God did not create you for time. He created you for eternity. Time, your lifetime on earth, provides the opportunity for you to become acquainted with him. It provides occasions for him to develop your character into his likeness. Then eternity will hold its fullest dimensions for you. If you live only for time, the here and now, you will miss the ultimate purpose of creation. If you live for time, you'll allow your past to shape your life today. Your life, as child of God, ought to be shaped by the future 
what you will be one day. God uses your present and your past experiences to mold you for future usefulness here on earth and in eternity. A pastor was speaking at a conference when a woman approached him and recounted the heartbreaking story of how her father had abandoned her and her family. She described her feelings of worthlessness, abandonment, and rejection. For years, she was consumed with finding her father and convincing him she was not worthless and he should take her back. Then one day I found my father, she said. She had been studying about her relationship with God, and she realized her heavenly father had always loved her and had been seeking a love relationship with her. Her heavenly father set her free from the bondage to which her earthly father had consigned her. Paul, the Bible, had to overcome his difficult personal history, too. Here was his approach to dealing with his past and present. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything as loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead of I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 4 through 14. The whole Bible is a love story inspired by God just for us. True stories of warnings, discipline. Remember, a father disciplines those he loves. Of deliverance, promises out of a sinful life, refuge, Comfort, wisdom, understanding, making weakness to strong, and he keeps on pursuing you with his love. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. He's a jealous God. You are his. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. He tells us, I came to give you life abundant. Please come. 
You will never hunger nor thirst, for you have him and you. As we trust him and place our confidence in him and surrender our hearts to him, he'll build us up into the person he needs us to be. And miraculously, who we want to be also, as he's the potter and we are the clay. He's the potter molding us, caring for us, and making us into his vessel to become everything and more to serve him and be all he sees us to be. Experience how insecurity is transformed into self-assurance. Stigma and heartache replaced with his love and comfort. Stubbornness is no more, but filled with his peace and love. Worry over money and and relationships disappear. Bad habits just miraculously disappear, knowing he has this. He loves and will care for you. Your love for others will grow each day, no matter what you encounter, no matter what trials and fire you go through. He is with you all the way. And Jesus will place in your heart joy, pure joy, sometimes quiet, sometimes jubilant, but always there. And your need for pleasures in the flesh seem to fade and are no longer shiny. A story story from the Experience in God study. A church member was always having difficulty in his personal life with his family, at work, and in the church. And in a church meeting... He became extremely angry, and he stormed out of the room. It was obvious his life was filled with anger. Soon after, the pastor met with him and asked, Can you describe your relationship with God by sincerely saying, I love you with all my heart? The strangest look came over his face. He said, No one's ever asked me that. No, I could not describe my relationship with God that way. I could say I obey him, I serve him, I worship him, and I fear him, but I cannot say I love him. This man had a father who never told him he loved him. The son feared his father, but he didn't love him. The man had wrongly assumed God was that same kind of father. The pastor helped the man realize God loved him and wanted to have a loving relationship with him. That truth set the man free to experience the love of his heavenly father. God's a gentleman. He asks permission to come into your heart. Satan, on the other hand, not so much. Satan is manipulative, deceitful. He knows your weaknesses. He preys upon them to destroy you, your marriage, your family. We may not know it, but every day we are choosing Jesus or Satan by our thoughts, our words, and our actions. We are with him, Christ, or we're against him. There is no sitting on the fence with God. As he states many times in his words, he's a jealous God. He bought you with a price, and he seeks to claim you as his. God knows your weaknesses also but he doesn't use them to destroy you, but to shape and mold your character to be the man and woman he created you to be. A group group of women were studying the book of Malachi. They came to verse 3 of chapter 3, which says, He will sit as a refiner 
and purifier of silver. This verse puzzled the women. They wondered what they could learn from it about the character and nature of God. What did it mean? One of the women offered to find out about the process of refining silver and report back to the group at their next Bible study. She phoned a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him work. She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest other than her curiosity about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith held a piece of silver over the fire and he let it heat up. He explained that he needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames are hottest in order to burn away all the impurities. Impurities. The woman thought about God holding us where the flames are hottest. She remembered that the verse says he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. So she asked the silversmith, If it's true, does he have to sit by the fire the whole time the silver is being refined? The man answered, yes. He not only has to sit there holding the silver, but he must keep his eyes on it the entire time. Because if it's left even a moment too long in the flames, it'll be destroyed. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The woman was silent for a moment, then she asked, How do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and said, Oh, that's easy, when I can see my image in it. If today you're feeling the heat of the fire, remember that God will not take his eyes off you, nor will he leave you there a moment too long. He is nearby, waiting, watching you carefully, to see his image in you. We're headed for tough times before Christ returns. He promises this. He promises that we are going to have uh, worse times of trouble than at any other time in history. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be uh, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. 2 Timothy Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It is he that promises this. In a quote from Ellen White, she says, Character is never created during troubled times. It is only manifested, either with him or against him. I'm a sinner. We are all sinners and fallen short of the glory of God. The only way out is to repent and confess our sins to our Lord and choose Christ before it's too late. Spend time with him in prayer and studying his word, the Bible. He's written this love story for us to know his love for us. Suffered and redeemed us all.
What more can he do to show you how much he loves you? If we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, what do we have to lose? Think about it. What's the worst that can happen? Anytime I'm coming up a situation, uh, you know, who wants to be full of anxiety and worry? So I always play the game, what's the worst that can happen in a certain situation? And so I'll think, what's the worst that can happen here? And so I think about it for a little bit. Okay, well, that that's I can handle that. Okay, I mean, it wouldn't be great, but I can handle it. It just eases a lot. What's the worst that can happen if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Yes, we would have a lot to lose. We would lose our fear. As the word says, perfect love casts out fear. We would lose our selfishness, our stubborn, hard-hearted hearts. We would lose our hatred for others. And he will replace it with selflessness, mild-mannered, love and joy for other people. On that glorious day when Christ comes in the clouds with ten thousands of thousands of angels from heaven, and you look up, as all eyes will see him, it will be too late then to make a decision for Christ, as there will be a test of worship and obedience prior to this. And unless you know what scripture says about that, you'll be lost and in the lake of fire. Heaven's glory will not be yours. Won't you make a decision for Jesus today? If you wish to choose him, not Satan, please come forward. If you wish to rededicate yourself to him, come forward. If you wish to stand for him, knowing and believing he is the one and only true God, come forward. If you love him, come forward. His arms are outstretched wide to receive you. No matter what the sin, no matter what we've done in the past, he is ready and willing to welcome you back to him and forgive. There is nothing that is too horrible for him to forgive. He loves you forever. And if you feel comfortable, please come forward and we'll have prayer together. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Life everlasting is more than living in heaven gloriously with him and the Father. It is freedom from sin here on earth. Jesus says, come all who labor, for my yoke is easy and my burden light, and I will give you rest. And we bow our heads for prayer. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, you alone are the answer to what we seek. You are everything, our hope, our joy, our peace, our security, our one and true love of our hearts, our comfort, our builder of character. You love us so much to die a cruel death on the cross to save us that we may live free of despair and death. Please forgive us, dear Lord.
of our sins and show us our sin that we may not sin against you. We give ourselves to you. Transform us and make us what you wish to please you, which allows us to live in contentment of the love of you, O God. Go with us, Lord, in every part of our life, continuing to draw us closer to you, to grow our relationship with you. With you, we have peace. We have contentment. With you, we have courage. Thank you, Lord, for all you give and continue to give us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Just words are not enough to thank for what you've done for us, sending your only begotten Son to die on the cross for us. While we are still sinners, dear Lord, I ask you to come into our hearts today. Fill our days, dear Lord, and uh, future weeks to come with love and continue pursuing our hearts that we may turn to you, open them, and want it to be stronger and stronger every day. We thank you so much in your precious holy name. Amen.